Hey everyone, welcome to this podcast brought to you by Raptor Aid and hosted by me, Jimmy Hill. During the coronavirus lockdown, we decided to host some live interviews with raptor conservationists and experts from all over the world. The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded during the lockdown period live on Facebook. Apologies if some of it sounds a little bit disjointed and we go a little bit off track with questions from the audience, but hopefully you'll enjoy listening to your favourite expert right here on Raptor Rambles. In this interview, we talked to a great friend of Raptor Aids, Lester Hartman. Now, Lester is the brains behind Peak Boxes based in the Peak District. And in our opinion, they make some of the best bird nest boxes available on the market. We chat to Lester in his workshop and find out about what makes him tick and really what makes his boxes some of the best in the business. Right, okay, uh, Lester, I think we should be live and kicking. Um, welcome to Raptor Aid Q&A. Finally, we've managed to get you on after about, well, you were supposed to be one of the very first ones we did and uh, technology kept beating us. But anyway, hopefully this is going to work. How are we? We're in your workshop, aren't we? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is actually the third attempt, isn't it? Uh, well, I've now got high-speed internet, which I think makes the difference. Well, I think it's m as much my my inabilities as it is yeah. your internet inabilities. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, um, good. Well, it, um, we're, we're working so far, so let's uh, carry on. Um, so I always start the same way, as you've probably seen on some of the other ones. Yeah. Um, those Anyone tuning in, ignore the bottom camera so Lester can show us around the workshop in a minute. So don't worry, there's not supposed to be two, two Lester Hartmans on your screen. Um, but we're going to talk about, just tell us a bit about, um, you, what do you, I always get it wrong. Do you call yourself a joiner or a carpenter? What's the correct title for your profession? <laughs> Uh, I've always called myself a designer in wood, in actual fact. Um, okay. Uh, it's the design side that interests me the most, and the making of it is just, you know, the icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, and I, I have done a lot of very unusual stuff. It was all bespoke, so... Um, yeah, well, I mean, that goes to show for the nest boxes, which we'll come on to in, in a bit. But yeah. I know you've done you, you, you've done all the well, I've seen pictures in the workshop of yeah. music sound studios or worktops for that. And th that incredible staircase yeah. that I'm really jealous of, which, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. I know you've done I know you've done all sorts of uh, stuff. OK, so you're a, a, a designer of wood. Um, how long have you been doing it for? This isn't just a, a hobby, is it? Go on. No, I. I I've actually got a degree in horticulture, but um, after about five years of growing early strawberries, uh, I, I moved into the building trade. Um, I had apprentice as a, as a child um, to every trade um, from the age of 19 to about 16, this was, uh, sorry, nine to 16. Um, and uh, I very quickly got into the joinery side of stuff um and then i started employing people and i was i was incredibly fortunate that um i took on a couple of lads um who one was the best 
join her I'd ever come across. Um, and he, he had a fantastic reputation. And I, I actually apprenticed to him, even though uh, I was his boss. Um, and he was a real perfectionist. Um, and in, in seven or eight years of working with me, with me um, he only had made one tiny little mistake. He cut a piece of wood 100 mil long, which is quite incredible. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I got into uh, restoration of properties mainly. Um, yeah. A lot of uh, timber frame buildings. This was down in Herefordshire and Worcestershire. Um, and uh, then in, in 2001, I did a... a Kitchen and a curved kitchen in an oast house uh, for a film producer. And then I got into um, doing television work, uh, which was uh, a very, very interesting um, seven or eight years of my life. Um, bit frustrating at times, but uh, the opportunities it gave were immense. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, I think anyone who who has uh, my involvement with the odd TV thing with the Birds of Prey was, you know, it's always frustrating TV. Yeah. Is, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, some of the stuff you get to do is brilliant. And yeah. um, uh, brilliant. Well, so it just you've got bags, bags, years and years of experience yeah. and, and knowledge and know on it. And I've seen it firsthand. I mean, to me, obviously, we we came to know each other. I class you as a good friend now, and we've come oh, to yeah. know know each other through mutual friends wasn't it you're based in Hathersage yeah we moved up here six six and a half years ago now and um uh, my my wife Lyndon used to be a journalist locally um and I'd been a very serious climber for many years and we both decided that this was where we wanted to retire to but then I'm dreadful dreadful at saying no to people and I had so many customers that when I was down in Malvern all I was ever doing was working um, so we decided to move up here early um, so we moved up and I was very fortunate to find this workshop in a in a very historic old mill um, and uh, then things took took a course which I would never have seen happen. Actually, um, when I come up, I was, I was keen on um, getting into some conservation project. Uh, but we came up and we were renting up here, and we were finishing off a project down in Malvern. So I was up and down, up and down. Uh, but in that time, um, by chance, we met uh, a couple and uh, John Ellicott. He been heavily involved with the Hawk Conservancy Trust. Um, he'd retired quite young and, and basically does charity work. Um, and he asked me if I'd build a barn owl box. And I said yes. And then it was, oh, do you fancy a little project? And uh, he wanted to put barn owl and kestrel boxes up because um, for barn owls, the Hope Valley where we are, it, it's right on the limit. Um, and if you get a cold, wet winter, you know, so many of the barn owls die. Um, and they're, they're just, uh, there aren't the, the roosting sites for them. 
So um, I think we built nine barn owl and kestrel boxes that year. And then, then he said, oh, what about a little Swift project? Um, and uh, I think we built about 50 Swift boxes. Um, and then the following year, I think we put up 30 barn owl and kestrel boxes. And then when it came to the Swifts, you know, I suddenly realized I was spending about three months of the year actually doing bird boxes. Um, yeah. And then John, John says to me, oh yeah, you should think about making a little business of this. And I, I kept on saying no, no. And um, uh, I thought it might be a bit boring to be truthful with you, just making boxes. Um, and also it, it, it meant quite a sizable um, investment in a computerized machine for cutting the, the bits out because it would drive you mad if you had to do it by hand. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, with the last box we put up um, one winter was a kestrel box and the weather was horrendous and we really shouldn't have put it up, but it was blowing about 50 mile an hour gal and uh, frozen rain. Well, anyway, um, uh, I got a phone call from um, a ringer in the valley who's, who's now a very good friend, Alan Kidd. And he said, oh, I'm going up to that kestrel box and they, it's got young in. Do you want to come up? We're ringing them. So I went up and it was you know, great to see. Um, it's the first time I've seen, seen it that you know, close at hand. Um, and the following day, he was going up to a barn owl box um, with barn owl chicks. And I can clearly remember going up, up and looking at these chicks and things and thinking, I gain so much more satisfaction out of doing this than doing some flash kitchen for somebody in London who only wants it for show, you know, and uh, I think there and then I decided, right, I'm going to, you know, make a business of this. Um, but then it was only really about a year ago um, that I thought, you know, that, that was only two years ago. Um, but early last year, I thought, yeah, I would just want to do this full time because I was enjoying it so much. Yeah, and so and so, Pete Boxes was born, and and obviously yeah. the way the way I got to know you is you were you were an answer to a question to a question that I've been asking for, a, a, a searching for for a long long time. So I met you through John as well for a mutual yeah. friend through yeah. through the through the Hawk Conservancy Trust. John was yeah. very kindly helping us um, wrap the aid with our charity mm. bits and pieces. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, obviously, I was desperately trying to find someone who could realise a dream, or a bit, I suppose it was a dream, really, of yeah. flat pack nest boxes that kids could slot together. So that's obviously something we're working on, and we've you've done yeah. some yeah. wonderful prototypes and, well, yeah, some that work um, yeah. that I've got that I've got up. Um, so, so yeah, that 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 was the that was the the start of it for for me and and peak boxes. So it was a uh, 
yeah, and it is. It's a passion, and and it's great to it's it's yeah. great that you yeah. you found it really. What I had to laugh at when you were talking then, Lester, was was how you used the word little when you said Swift, because I know that it definitely isn't a little project anymore. Is it? And it's not a, and it's no. not like the, the business because it's been so successful um, in many ways. But, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, this year we we've. we've tripled uh, the number of boxes that we did last year. Um, and last year, we actually had a big Swift project locally, and we put up 350 boxes. Um, this year, we put up about 160. We've got about another 40 to go, but because of coronavirus, we, we couldn't get those up. Um, yeah. But even taking into account those 350 boxes, we still tripled basically tripled this year what we did last year um so it's really good but yeah. the, the part-time hobby uh business is not part-time anymore at the moment it's seven days yeah. a week but um yeah. this is our busiest time of the year yeah but you but you're still smiling and of course oh, yeah, yeah you say we because it's a family thing as well isn't it so obviously Lyndon, you are yeah. is involved and, and yeah. you know the, the girls are girls get involved as well and yeah partners of the girls so yeah yeah it's exciting times and we can't not talk about your success at bird fair as well i shared a picture um obviously of, of me stood with you and lyndon on the stand so yeah bird fair yeah. was last it was last year wasn't it yeah. yeah yeah well um when we set up the business one thing john was adamant that we had to have a really good website and uh Fortunately, he knew somebody was very good. Um, and we used uh, Anna Clark from Blunt Crayon. And she produced a fantastic website. Um, and then about February time, a load, loads of people were saying, you really should go to Bird Fair. Um, so L Lyndon got in contact with them and they responded saying, um, thanks for the inquiry, but uh, there's a waiting list. We'll let you know. Um, in the future, if, if you know, if there's ever, ever anything come up, mm -hmm. um, about half hour later, we got an, uh, I think it was an email saying, "Oh, uh, a stand's just come up if you want it." Um, so uh, we found out later that there's actually a ten-year waiting list to go to um, Bird Fair. Um, but anyway, um, I've, I've built a number of stands and things in the past and, and being in TV, you know, props and stuff. <clears throat> so I decided to go to town a little bit on it. Um, not too much, but a bit. Um, and then you very kindly said you'd come along. Um, and uh, also my youngest daughter came along. Uh, so we, we had a stand and one of the things I was very keen on doing was actually having younger people there. Um, we old cronies, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you can't have the effect that um, uh, younger people have, I think. Um, so anyway, uh, on the second day, I actually saw the woman who uh, runs Bird there walking along with a, with a, um, with a bag full of picture frames. 
And I, I actually thought to myself, mm, I think we might have got a placing. Um, and anyway, she came up in the stand and uh, uh, we got best in show. Uh, sorry, we got best commercial stand on the Saturday, um, which you know, we were absolutely delighted with. Um, and then on the Sunday, I actually saw coming along with a press photographer and uh, uh, the chap who is overall in charge of uh, bird fair. And there was only one picture frame. And it, I was pretty certain that we had, we got best in show there. And it was, it, it felt a little bit like getting a gold medal at Chelsea. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, when I talked to them afterwards and said, you know, A, why did you, why did you, um, you know, offer us the stand? And she said, well, we've had one look at your website um, and, you know, we like your product and we thought we had to have you. Um, so getting a really good website was very, very important. Yeah. And when I asked why we'd uh, got best in show and, and you know, she came out with, well, we like, really like your product. We liked your ethos and we liked the enthusiasm. And a lot of the enthusiasm was, you know, uh, Lyndon's very outgoing um, and Rose, my daughter, was really good and yourself. You know, and it was just a group of people who were really enjoying talking to the public. Um, uh, yeah. So it, it was a fantastic experience. Um, and just in, in the last month, I must have had 40 or 50 phone calls from people saying, oh, I saw you at Bird Fair. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, we want boxes. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of the boxes we've sold through the website have also been, you know, people seeing us at Bird Fair. So it yeah. was a, a fan, absolutely fantastic thing for us as a business. Yeah, well, and I know you, you, you won't, you'll never say this, but I think also the boxes themselves spoke. The, the stand looked spectacular. I had nothing to do with with the creation of the stand. Yeah. Obviously, that's all your hard work. That was the stand looked absolutely wonderful. Um, and the products, I think the products speak yeah. for themselves. Really, you, you know, there's yeah. nest boxes out there, but but for, for me, I'm I'm blowing your trumpet for you, Lester. Peak boxes are, are by far some of the, the the best out on the market. But I just wanted to ask you then, let's, so before we before we look at the boxes themselves, just you mentioned about the ethos of the boxes, which is something that I really love about peak boxes and and working with you. Um, so you know the fact that. The, the timber, for instance, is, and it's interesting, this links to another chat I had on, on these Facebook Lives with J James Aldred, um, the, the wildlife cameraman, and yeah. we got talking, I can't remember whether it was in our video or it was afterwards, and we were talking about FSC timber. Now, I've got, um, well, I'm, I probably should yeah. be careful what I say here, but basically James said, no, it's a lot of it is this timber, this ply that is being shipped all around the world is not FSC at all. It's absolute, no. yeah, it, it's a lot of it's rubbish, um, and it's just like a, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing sort of thing um, yeah. so that you know that's where 
your work with Jaw Apply, which you, I'll get you, to, you can talk about in a second, is, is wonderful. But yeah, yeah, just explain the whole ethos behind the materials and the way you go about making the boxes and the, even down to the delivery. Of well, um, first of all, in the past, when in, in my journey and furniture making days, um, I've always tried to do the best I'm capable of doing. And I always want to test materials to destruction because what I, I don't want to do is produce something that, you know, two or three years down the line isn't any good. Um, my experience of Far Eastern Ply, um, probably 10 years ago, by then I'd stopped using it. Um, uh, certainly, Malaysian ply, although it's FSC, a lot of the timber is coming from deforestation, illegal deforestation as well. Um, mm -hmm. But um, more important to me even than that was the death rate of people working in the factories is absolutely horrendous. And it's because they're using formaldehyde glues, which are carcinogenic, with no protection. Um, and when I found this out, um, I actually stopped using it. Um, and when I started the, uh, the concept of the boxes, yeah, I, I really wanted to do my research and find you know, a supplier who could supply something that I was happy with. I thought of doing solid timber to be truthful with you, to do a really good product, the cost is horrendous. Um, and, and it's not really possible to do it um, with a computerized machine. Yeah. Um, and I found this company, Duraply. Um, there's only one company in Britain that imports it. Uh, but unfortunately, I deal with them. And it's Plantation Poplar um, from Spain. Uh, they use water-based glues in it, um, so they're completely safe, and they're safe to the environment as well. Um, once they've laminated it up, they actually put it into a vacuum and take out nearly all the moisture. And if you get um, wood below 5% moisture content, the cell structure breaks down slightly, and then the cells can't reabsorb moisture. So it means that the, in wet conditions, uh, the only place the water, water can go is between the cells, which means there's very little swelling. Um, they, although I don't hand it on, they actually give a 15 year guarantee against delamination. Yeah. Um, it, would, it would be a nightmare to, to pass that on because if there were problems you know trying to prove people have put the boxes up right etc etc it'd be a problem yeah but um how i've always tested ply to any exterior sort of ply um is an old way that the timber research and development association used used to do it they, they're very sophisticated now but basically you soak a piece of in boiling hot water for five minutes 
then you take it out, put it into a freezer, leave it in for, for the freezer for a day, take it out, back into boiling water, back into the freezer, and keep doing this. And um, the best marine ply I've ever used, delaminated by the fifth time of doing that. Well, I used Duraply. I, I tried a bit of Duraply, and they're actually looking at creating a grade apply above marine ply because Duraply, and there's actually a firm in Austria doing the same grade apply. Um, uh, so anyway, I, I did it with Duraply, and this was a couple of years ago, and it was in and out, in and out of the freezer. It probably goes in now, maybe once every two or three weeks, I'd take it out and do it. It looks brand new still, no yeah. delamination. So yeah, I, I, I'm happy that the product will last as well as any wood product. And in actual fact, yeah. an interesting little sideline to that is that um, I've always used a lot of my sawdust, well, wood shavings, um, as compost. Mm -hmm. So in my, our compost bins down at the allotment, I'll, I'll have a third uh, sawdust, a third uh, manure, and a third green waste. Uh, the, the compost bins, I can normally get the whole lot composted in two months. Um, I've had uh, Duraply in for about eight months now, and it hasn't um, composted at all, uh, which is a bit annoying for that, that, but it does prove to me Proof. that, you know, it's a great product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so then, then I start looking at, I also started looking at, right, you know, what do we, you know, roofing material. And I've tried to keep away from any plastics, any um, oil-based stuff. Um, and I found um, a heat reflective aluminium roofing paint, which is a water-based one, which is about as environmentally friendly as you can get. Yeah. Um, but it actually reduces the heat, heat transfer through the roof by about 30%. Um, and it's a lot better than having something like felt on because yeah. felt will break down very quickly. Um, so we, we try to be as you know, ecologically friendly as possible. Um, all our packaging is, is um, cardboard. It, it's uh, paper glue tape. We don't use plastic tapes. Um, we use, we, we've got a garage next to us. We, you know, a lot of the packing material inside are, are secondhand boxes, cardboard yeah. boxes and things. So we, we tried as much as possible to, um, you know, keep our car yeah. as low as possible. Yeah. No, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'd i never come across Jaw Apply before, but I've obviously spent a good few years now going around nest boxes and, mm. you know, two years later, delamination and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we need to replace the roofs on this, the roofs on that, yeah. and and obviously it's early, it's still early days yet for peak boxes. Yeah. But I know you've got what what was the oldest box you've got up at the moment? Is uh, we we got boxes two years old in our project, um, 
our barn and kestrel project and some of them are in really really exposed situations yeah and there has been no uh change in the ply at all except for yeah. one box where a squirrel's eaten a little bit um yeah. but that's that's the only thing we found um and because i i tongue and groove everything and and the doors um are quite tightly um tongue uh, uh slotted together i know that there's, there's very little swelling which and yeah. it's the swelling that causes delamination because the, they still open dead easy so yeah yeah um and even down to like delivery isn't it dpd or whoever yeah we use dpd it. local because uh they're the dpd are the only company in the world they at least they say which are carbon neutral for delivery yeah. I don't yeah. know how they do it, but um, yeah, yeah, that's what they'd state. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it's the same with the aluminium paint. I'd never seen that before. You know, some people don't put anything on. Sometimes yeah. you, if you've got a spare bit of felt knocking around the yard, I'd put that yeah. on. I mean, there's arguments. You know, I've heard people say about you know felt warming up. You know, and and owlets or whatever with a talon oh. sitting on top of it, getting you know tar on the town. So yeah. there's various felt, things. But... Felt felt will warm up um, quite dramatically, um, and which is two problems. Obviously, the box will heat up as well because of that, but also because it heats up, cools down, heats up, cools down. It cracks very quickly, especially yeah. in in a box type situation. And, and the other thing I should point out as well, which we can't demonstrate at all in this, yeah. is with Jaw Apply, the other thing that I was amazed at um, was the weight of it. The, so when you've built a barn owl box, you know, and again, I put a big A-frame barn owl boxes yeah. up and, you know, had to, you shouldn't do this, but put them up on my own because I've been on yeah. my own. I had to fight one up a ladder and get mm -hmm. it fitted to a tree. They're heavy, but the Jaw Apply ones, they're amazing. <laughs> How light they are! Well, do, incredible. Do, do apply. It's because they they um, extract all the water, and also poplar is quite a light weight weight of wood. Um, uh, it's actually about a third lighter than exterior ply, which is you shouldn't really use um, without uh, fully painted. Yeah, uh, and it's it's basically half the half the weight of marine ply, um, and it does make a huge difference for putting them up. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, our, our biggest barn owl box weighs nine kilos. Um, and with the mounting system we've got, it, you know, one person can put it up quite easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, while, while we've, um, yeah, we're half an hour in, let's have a look around the workshop then, shall yeah. we? We've talk, talked about these boxes. So Lester's going to pick his phone up and disappear from one screen and... Yeah. Um, I'm too... Right, we can hear you. You've turned, you've muted both of them, just so you know. There we go. Your phone, Mike. Yeah. That's it. Right. Brilliant. So this, this no, is I... where the this is the work. Well, this is part of the workshop. Um, uh, you can you can see this is the sort of work I used to do. Um, staircase, 
um, you know, loads of curved work. That was the kitchen. Um, but now it, it's now it's the barn barn owl boxes. Yeah. So. Yeah, at the moment, a lot of our work is in Swift boxes. So, uh, in this this room, we you, know, you can you can see that here's a load of boxes ready for. Uh, well, some have got paint on, some haven't. Yeah. Um, so just just talk just talk a bit about this. I know we're on Raptor, but I know we may have some people tuning in that are interested in the Swift boxes, Lester. So just talk yeah. a bit about about the swift boxes because i know you've done one thing you obviously pride yourself on is you do a huge amount of research you know you ask me loads of questions which is great about what i think works for birds of prey but swift wise um you do you you know you do all sorts of things with that as well um and you you yeah um i'm trying to turn the sound off um one moment i'm just getting the sound off on the on the computer no worries that's better no it's still coming through oh, i don't know <laughs> um yeah when when i decided to go into the barn owl boxes is is there is there a problem with the sound by the way no, it's a bit. I mean, it's a bit echoey, but don't don't worry about it. I think most people, I will be able to cope with it. Don't worry too much. There you are. Hopefully that works. Yeah, when when I started with the barn owl boxes, uh, with the swift boxes, uh, I talked to a chap Nick Brown, who's um, runs the uh, swift side of things for the Derbyshire uh, Wildlife Trust and said who's who's the best person in the country to talk to yeah and he said mark planfield down in bristol uh so i got in contact with mark and uh my, my daughter actually lives down in one of my daughters lives in bristol so it was quite useful but i yeah. went i went and saw him and he's the nicest person you'll ever come across and uh he basically just gave me all his research that he'd done over the best part of 15 years on bird box design. Um, and it, it was just fantastic. Um, so I came back and, and produced a load of boxes and then took them back down. And, and since then, we've been working together, you know, for two years now on perfecting things and, and developing up ideas. Um, when it came to the barn owl boxes and kestrel boxes um, and tawny owl boxes, uh, uh, John recommended uh, Matt Stevens down in um, at the Hawk Conservancy Trust. Uh, so I went and saw him and uh, uh, there was a chap, Nigel Lewis there who, who who'd done huge amounts of work for barn owls and, yeah. and I think the MBE for his work. Um, and he and Matt had spent years and years developing up box designs um, and they gave us permission to use their box designs. So uh, we did that. And then I got to know yourself and uh, uh, we, we 
we developed up bits on little owl boxes and um, and tawny owl boxes, and obviously the slot together boxes. So I've I've tried to work with the people I think are some of the best around, mm. pe people that I can work with. Um, Mark Glanville and I, I think think very similar on on design. Um, and it doesn't doesn't matter if you're designing a house for a person or or yeah a house for a bird or a staircase whatever design is design um, yeah so uh, it's just trying to get a product that works best lasts a long time etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah well I mean absolutely because you know we've had many discussion about barn our boxes and I've even had yeah. you know and and especially barn owl boxes because they're one of the, the the species that a lot of conservation work's being done on and and um yeah. you know obviously this 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 design by that we're looking at here is 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 yeah. like a, a box as such a lot of people associate with barn owls the typical a-frame sort of yeah. style of box and and the the thing the hardest thing i find getting across to people is a lot of the time that a box is a box yeah there's certain parameters you have to fulfill um that that really work for the birds and obviously that's where mark's come into it helping you with swift yeah. hopefully that's yeah. where myself matt and and major nigel lewis have helped you with. but yeah a lot of people get quite hung up on well this is the best design and really yeah. a box is a box at the end of the day and but it, it's it's the other things that go into it which make them make yeah. it really yeah. count and work so yeah the it doesn't matter that it's not a triangle shape this box here yeah. there's, there's a lot of other things that have gone into it so just just there's obviously two barn owl boxes there lester yeah. do you mind going yeah. a bit closer and then we can show yeah. people yeah well with the with the barn owl boxes um yeah, when I started looking at them, one one thing I felt was, you know, as a as a designer, um, the traditional uh, triangular style box has has a design fault in that um, as the young get bigger, the the space actually gets smaller for them. Yeah. The litter builds up. Yeah, and and in actual fact, the ideal would actually be to for it to work the other way. Um, when when I came across, you know, the design we're using, I was much more happy with it um, because it just doesn't get smaller for the birds. Yeah. Um, so. so yeah, by by that you're yeah. on about obviously being being at the bottom of a triangle as as the pellets build up, the bird is yeah. the floor essentially is rising to the narrowest yeah. part of the of yeah. the box. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and and obviously the birds are getting bigger at the same time. So yeah, and and we put up a lot of these boxes and they seem to be quite successful. Um, and and I know I know. Matt Stevens, you know, the, I think they put up something like three thousand, um, with a huge, you know, really good success rate. So, yeah. So just just looking at these, but obviously they've got the aluminium paint on the top. They've got an overlip on yeah. on on yeah, the so, um, on the, uh, the 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 roof as well. They've 
the, yeah. the two designs here, one, that's the entrance hole, and, and one of the big hanging points for a lot of people is, oh, you know, how how high does it be? And I think, like, people say, oh, well, the minimum should be 450 millimetres. But basically, essentially, as long as the hole isn't on the floor of the box so that the chips can just wander out, um, yeah. they've got to actually be of, of a certain age to be able to jump up and, and exit. Um, yeah. And then what I like about these boxes as well is that they've got a ledge on the front for adults, but also chicks that so they don't have yeah. to just leave a box. They can jump out onto a ledge and and wing <laughs> flap and and you know take yeah. it before they before they fledge. Yeah. Before they yeah. Go. yeah. And it gives them something to aim for when if they're coming back as a as a youngster, you know, yeah. as they're practicing. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we got. Two different designs really here. This one here with just the one hole. Um, I don't know whether you probably can't see inside, um, but I'll go down the back. Um, we use toggles to hold the doors in place. Yeah. Um, but I don't know whether you can, yeah, you can just see in there, there's yeah. a baffle here. Um, so, a bird coming in has to drop down and around the baffle. It, that actually helps stop jackdaws quite a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's one design. The other design is this one. Uh, and this has a separate compartment in the bottom. It's not very big. Um, and it's it's got a, you can see here, this this goes round and then there's another entrance which drops down into the main chamber. Um, the advantage with this one is uh, the male will actually roost in the bottom if um, if the weather's bad. The female won't let the male in because they might predate the young. Yeah. The, the male will go in there. Also, um, if a young comes out too early and falls out, uh, They'll they've been known to go into the bottom, and then the the parents will actually feed them in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Well, I spoke to Matt about this as well because I know I've had we we well you'll remember at Bird Fair I had an interesting conversation with with a, an organisation that we, I yeah. won't I won't yeah. name names. Um, but yeah. but they and they commented on that and the idea it is very narrow. So there's really there's little to no chance of of really anything managing to make a nest in there certainly not a barn and i spoke to matt about it and he said really the main feature of that second the lower hole is if a chick fledges and can't get back into the box yeah it's got a yeah. safe it's got somewhere safe to go um, yeah. out, out the way and he's and it, yeah matt said it does it does work um yeah so uh yeah that's uh yeah, yeah it's, it works perfect. Have you got? Um, well, we can look at it on another box actually. So, this, 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 this box, in actual fact, is a new design for us. Um, we put put one up at um, Cast into Water for Seven Trent. Yep. It's to go on a pole. Um, and one, one of the big problems for a lot of people, obviously, they haven't got a suitable tree. But I've actually, I haven't actually made it yet but within the next week i'll have it made is a pole which is freestanding so okay. you don't have all the costs of drilling holes in the ground and concreting the posts in or anything 
this will literally be freestanding and the box can sit on top. Um, yeah. And that, that's actually come out of um, this, which is going to be a swift tower. Uh, and this is the start of it. Um, you know, again, we want, we want to do it that, um, uh, you know, you're not paying a fortune out. Yeah, and, and if you wanted to move it at some stage, you could. Yeah, yeah, no, I like. Well, of course, in and in my in in the county where I'm based, one one of the Barnell groups uses poles specifically. So they've they've yeah. they started using telegraph poles that were supplied by you know utility companies, and they've yeah. they've they've stuck with it. So I I mean I do yeah. like that with the ledge all all the way around. As someone's actually just asked about the ledge, does um does the does the outside ledge have water drainage? And it does. Do, it's got grooves. Yes, it, hasn't it? Yeah, if you look, you can see grooves all the way around. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's drainage internally as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Um, so that's the that's the barn that's the barn owl box. Um, yeah. As I say, it's not it's not your typical one. We have discussed, haven't we, about about designing a a, a, a sort of what people might recognise as a Barnard box, because I know there yeah. are. I've, I've talked to you, haven't I? There's some people I know yeah. that won't really use anything else. You you can't change yeah. them for, yeah. for love and money. So so yeah. We, I, th I think this year I might design design uh, another box, uh, and we'll we'll test it out then and see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, but yeah, they 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 work brilliantly. I I I, yeah. I I love them. So yeah, um, let's have a look at. Have you got a tawny owl box there? Did you say Lester? Yeah, this is one. This is one. If you you look, it actually says Raptor Aid on. Um, Very good. Because you obviously um, sell some of my boxes. Uh, well, yeah, I I only sell your boxes. Yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. use them, yeah. So, yeah. and this, so, yeah. this has an entrance on the side um, to get in, yeah. uh, so that yeah, this was something you know. I know a small amount about uh, raptors, particularly in comparison to people like Matt and yourself, and. Um, I didn't know there was a real problem with if you have the door on the front of, of um, a tawny owl actually attacking you. So when I the first design I made when I took it down to Matt, he said, no, you can't have the door on the front. And you said the same. So we moved the door around to the side. Yeah. Um, and also the, these are a bit shorter than normal boxes and, and uh, wider and deeper. Um, and that that was again through talking to yourself and Matt. Mm. Um, so you, you can probably explain that better than I. Well, yeah, I mean it's just a case of I've, I I'm looking I I enjoy monitoring tawny owls, and we've just put 30, 30 of these up in in Delamere Forest um, yeah. near us um, as part of a project, and um, and yeah uh, they. I'd always argued that if you go on Google and, and Google a tawny owl box or a nest box design, it's been the same one. So this is what a lot of people will call a chimney chimney style box where the owl drops in. Obviously, tawny owls being a cavity yeah. nester, um, that's what they like, but they will 
nest on open nests and and but traditionally it's hollows in trees uh, you can yeah. get the box that's like under slung under a tree so it's like that turned on its end without yeah. A, yeah. Right? so they they run into it so to speak um but i i prefer this and i've had a lot of success with this but what i've always thought um, and it was great to work with you on it was Tony our boxes that are the designs that are available on the internet um, are too narrow when you look at a Tony out um, if you well most people won't have had the opportunity to and it's fair enough but the 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 adult bird they're there's quite short short stocky birds but they have a really long tail on them and I always thought well you know when the female sat on eggs obviously it's quite cramped conditions so you, you wanted to have a bit more space <laughs> yeah. and not damage things like a tail but then also the chicks as the chicks are developing you're then going to have an, a, a you know an adult tawny owl and then potentially two maybe three chicks in there and even though tawny owls fledge at, sorry branch sorry at two, around about three weeks old they're quite big by then so to have three children yeah. and an adult coming in to try and feed them it's it's finding that balance between a box that isn't too big ridiculously big and one that yeah sort of compensates them so it, that's the idea and they didn't need to be as deep i think one of the boxes designs i've seen chimney was like nearly three foot deep or something like that from yeah. top, from top to bottom of the box it was just yeah it was crazy long really so it was it was just um yeah just just what what worked really for the owls and saves timber and stuff like that so you're not wasting you know using yeah. more materials you need but george has just commented george is the savior of wife by saying that he's actually watching a yeah. tall owl in a tree right now so, <laughs> well, so th thanks george for getting our internet up and running yesterday or we yeah. wouldn't be doing this now <laughs> Oh, good. Well, yeah, he's seen, he's seen one, so that, that's an omen for you, George. So, yeah, that, that was it, really. Um, just while you've got the tourney out, have you got a fixing plate with it then? Just before we talk about how, how you, you've developed a fixing plate for it. Yeah. Um, I always try to do things as simple as possible. Um, and when we started the Barn Owl project, it was taking two of us to put up a barn owl box because with this design, you've got to go in from the back and there's no way you could, you could hold a box and screw it onto a um, tree. Uh, well, very quickly, I thought this is ridiculous. So what I produced was a little plate to screw to the tree and then you can hook the box on. Yeah. And rather than having to have two people, two ladders, one person could do it easy. Mm -hmm. um, so I can, it's easy to show you on this tawny owl box. Um, so if you look, this is the back. Yeah. There's there's a groove in the in the roof here. Um, and what what I've produced is this is just a little plate with a tongue on the top. Hopefully you can see that. Yeah. Which slots in. Um, so it just slots in like that. So now to to um, fix the box, you know, you just fix that plate onto the tree, uh, which is easy. With with the bigger boxes, the plates are just 
a mountain plate, temp, you know, basically a temporary plate. You know, um, you then drop the box onto it. Lock it on, yeah. Uh, and the bar now boxes, I can just stick on my shoulder straight up a ladder, just turn, drop it on, and then you fix through um, uh, the box and the plate to to get permanent fixings. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the with the uh, Swift boxes, um, yeah. The, this is a half um, apex box that we do, but you can see, yeah, these are plates and that's for an apex box and the box just drops on and then you screw into that yeah. and, and that's it. Um, but it, it does make fitting much, much easier. Yeah. yeah. So you, ju yeah, exactly. a, so you just, go on, sorry. As a demonstration of, of the weight of these boxes, yeah, I, I can just lift this box up, yeah, just like that. Um, One-handed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, essentially you just fix the plate to the tree on, you know, you yeah. don't, you, and then and then you take the box up and hook the box onto the plate and then yeah. fasten the box to the plate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Actually, I've, this might, there's a plate which is on the wall here, which um, I used to have a box on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You literally just... I don't know whether you can see that, but it just hooks on like that. Yeah. And then you open up the back uh, and screw through. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't actually quite work that one because it was a wrong, wrong size plate. But <laughs> yeah, that, no, well, that's the, that's the gist of it. Yeah. No, that's absolutely, absolutely. Um, br yeah, brilliant. And well, it works. I will. I will just say, um, health and safety wise, if you are putting a box up, tr do t do it two people. Don't necessarily do it. Don't be like me and Lester. <laughs> yeah. That's my that's my yeah. health and safety head coming on because I get told off if I. Yeah, but yeah, yeah really, yeah. two people do. But but you also and I, I know I do with our boxes. You you send out a, a a full list of you know sighting information and and you yeah. know yeah. something we've worked on a couple of documents on. Yeah. you know where to put the box and how to fit it and and all the what you know what fittings potentially you, you can use yeah. as well so absolutely right i know what that box is in front of us so that's a little owl box yeah and this is one that i worked with you on the design for john lee didn't i um well yeah i mean i have to i'm, I'm definitely not going to take any credit for this because this is um this is the Bob Shepherd design. So again, if anyone's been on Google um, looking for little owl designs, this is kind of like the the go-to. It's because it's so good, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't need really adjusting. Yeah, I yeah. think the only thing we've yeah. adjusted is you, you, we've made. You it said good. about you said about the shelf on here. I remember that. Yeah, um, I mean the B, the BTO the Bob Shepherd design. Bob Shepherd. By the way, is an ornithologist and, and and little owl expert. Really, he monitors hundreds of little owl nest boxes, and I think him and his dad does, came up with this design. Um, and, but the the BTO design that's online, I think, is quite old now. But yeah, so we I I like to put a ledge on the front of it for yeah. again for the owls to come and go and. Uh, we made it wider, didn't we? We made it uh, yeah. a bigger surface area in the floor um, yeah. area. But but the crucial thing for little owls 
is obviously as Leicester's holding it up, is that tunnel and then the drop down. Because I know one of the, a few studies have been done on the species where one of the biggest mortality um, impacts on chicks is that they can get out the box too early and, and yeah, succumb to, you know, fled, fledging too, too prematurely. So the idea is they can't get up to where their entrance hole is until they're well near enough ready to fly basically uh, so also so, yeah. they, they really like they really like it pitch black don't they um yeah that's why having the tunnel go round there's almost no light get, goes in so yeah i mean it acts like a traditional if when i go around my little owl nest sites that i've got in in natural sites in oak trees in 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 farmland around here in cheshire where we are but it's the yeah. same in gloucester with orchards they often they'll find a cavity and then the nest site can actually be it could be two three meters further in down the tree they'll disappear off up a branch and so they're actually quite tricky to monitor in natural sites yeah. but yeah that's why they like this style of box that bob's designed is because they can disappear down the tunnel and then drop into a pitch black cavity just just like they would in a tree basically so yeah it's a good good design yeah something that might interest people is this tower um, it, it's very much a modular um, setup. So it, this has got a roof which actually has bats, um, uh, a section for bats. And then uh, this is one section, the second section, and they all slot together. Um, this is actually just going to be for swifts, but uh, we're going to do one for general birds, but also, I'm looking at doing one for um, barn owls and kestrels yeah. uh, because it's known that barn owl and kestrels will work quite well together. Um, uh, Matt, Matt actually tells the story of how uh, with one of these boxes, um, the barn owls had young and there was a kestrel actually nesting with young on the front frontier. Oh, right. um, okay. Uh, and and they they were quite happy together. Right. But the beauty if you have the two together is that the kestrels tend to keep jackdaws out of the way. Um, uh, yeah. During the day, um, and you know, obviously, they, although they both hunt, hunt voles, they're they're hunting it at different times of the day. So. Uh, if if there's enough food around, they they work really well together. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. That's another thing with this design, is that it does. We don't get quite as much jackdaw damage, uh, jackdaw um, problems as uh, a more traditional design because yeah. the jackdaws actually have problems getting twigs and stuff around. Um, yeah. They will, they will still do it. But when we started, we were using the Nigel Lewis Mark 7 design. And uh, this opening was, was quite a bit bigger. Um, and there was a big problem with, with uh, um, jackdaws with those around here in particular. Uh, we've now got both this design and the previous design. This is the Mark 9 design. Um, and 
we found we've actually got one place with a large box and a small and this slightly smaller box um one on top of the other in actual fact um and the jack doors couldn't get twigs in the smaller box um they got one or two in and, and then gave up so Good stuff, yeah. Well, and because I know that's often a question I often get asked with helping people with boxes is they they say, oh, we really want, you know, we don't want jackdaws or stock doors, but you know, you have to take the rough with the smooth, and and yeah, so that's a good, a good good way of um of, of getting around it is is or well, it's just trial and error, isn't it? Which is which is why it's so helpful working with people like Matt and you know ourselves and, and Major Nigel Lewis and Bob Shepherd and all those. It's it's these that's the wonderful thing about these boxes, including the Swift boxes, is is they work out in the field. You know, they're not just they don't just look nice and they're super well made out of super materials. They actually work. And that's that's the aim of it really is to make sure that they they do work. Um so before we finish, because we've we've done, uh, we don't have to finish just yet. We're on an hour. I knew this was going to be a, a long one, um, because we could talk forever us two. Um, what yeah, what, else, what are the pla what are the plans? What are we allowed to talk about? Any? Uh, we haven't got any secret things that we can't talk about, have we? What's what's the future? Obviously, bird fairs cancelled this year, so we're not going to be at bird fair, which yeah, is a massive because we were going to do something jointly, weren't we? Um, with quite a bit of interactive stuff. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I'm just in the process of sorting out um, uh, supplying cameras for people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, working with, with a number of people, I'm, I'm trying to do a remote system that you could have in the barn owl box uh, run off a battery with uh, being charged by solar and mm -hmm. transmitting it uh, the signal back to your house um, uh, and yeah we've got quite a few little things going on um, yeah obviously with, flat flat pack boxes we've still yeah, got to pull, we've still got to pull a figure out with them and then yeah, we're, we're developing that up um, yeah there's quite a lot of interest with schools um, so yeah, there's there's a lot going on. Uh, and I, I will just mention, we have to mention that you'll, you know, as as the company develops, I suppose you're gonna develop new ideas and 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 new well new ranges or you know, develop different things. So like with the flat part boxes, you have done tit boxes for blue tits and great tits and 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 so other species and and but it's worth mentioning i suppose people can get in touch with you i think probably the one thing you enjoy most is is when someone gets in touch with you with a challenge you know so you've done a peregrine box you've just done me yeah. this this swallow thing that i've got to put up on monday to test yeah, yeah well I, I having been in this work all my life um it's quite nice to actually do one-offs and i'm more than happy to do that um so yeah there's there's all different things going on. Um, if people want anything special and they get in contact with me, I can I can try to help. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you've you've helped me loads. As I say, yeah. I only mentioned the swallow thing to you the other day, and you've yeah. sent this this great. I I after I got off the phone to you, I thought, how is this going to work? But actually, I think it might work. It looks really good. What you've so we'll yeah we'll we'll test it out and see whether yeah. my swallows take to it. And it's just trying to to recreate you know what you think birds like, mm. um, and a lot of that is just observations and things. Um, and, and talking to experts, you know, it, it makes huge difference. That um, yeah, yeah, get working, and that's 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 the yeah. the ultimate the ultimate thing. So uh, so yeah, and then we've got some other. I don't know. I'm not, yeah, we've got some other things. Or past, well, we're working on or talking about, which we won't say too much. But yeah, I think yeah. cameras cameras. I get a lot, I get asked a lot by people about cameras. So and especially yeah. the time of year, people want to be able to see. I'm. Before I came on air, I said to you, didn't I? I was watching peregrines in Exeter, so to see yeah. if their chicks had hatched and and schools, yeah, getting working together and and yeah. you know getting in school. Some, well, that, some that's just... a really interesting thing because, um, you know, if we want to make a difference, the easiest way is to actually influence your, your kids. Yeah, you know, that they're they're the generation that will really make the difference. Well, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Not, well, not and, as, and your generation, you're well, younger than me. <laughs> I nearly, I nearly said not as old cronies like you said before. I was including me in that bracket now. <laughs> no, I don't include you. You're much too young for that. Yeah, I've heard, someone just someone has asked a question. I'll answer it quickly. Is there a minimum height they should be mounted in direction? Well, I'll answer the raptor one. You can answer the swift one in a second. Um, so bird of prey ones, depending on the species, obviously you need habitat prime habitat that you know they use so rough tussocky grassland for barn owls and kestrels and um yeah i, I could go on about tawny owls and, and little owls as well individually and um, but height wise i tend to say about 10 10 foot 12 foot you'd people think they need to be right up in the top of the tree they don't because if you're not going to monitor it then that's all right but don't forget you need to be able to get up to the box to potentially clean it out yeah. got jackdaws yeah. or a non-target species the only time i put my any boxes higher than say 10 or 12 foot is if they're in an area where i don't want them to be got at so i put i put boxes up before discreetly in big parks so i put them higher just in case yeah. someone's you know you don't want them, you yeah. know yeah. spot them and get to them so but other than that 10, 10, 12 foot, you know, I put little owl boxes in apple trees that are, you know, only seven, eight foot high and they've been taken straight away. So, yeah. Um, but we, you, Leicester sends all that information out. And if you buy a box through Raptor Aid, we send all that information out for you um, anyway. Direction wise, just basically out the weather, as long as you haven't got the driving weather coming into them, um, then yeah. Again, you'll know. Yeah, particularly tawny owl and kestrel boxes. The barn yeah. owl boxes aren't quite so uh, uh, weather dependent, are they? Because no. because of the tunnel in them, it does help a bit. Yeah, but, but it's always people, best to. Yeah, people often say to me, "Oh, you know, you see online about you know the directions to face them in," and I just say, "Well." Yeah, look at the prevailing weather based yeah. on your landscape and 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 assess it based on that, really. But yeah, swifts. Go on, touch on swifts, Lester. Swifts, it's the higher you get them, the better. But um, there has been success as, as low as two meters. But we normally say 
three to four meters uh, minimum, really. Um, <clears throat> the crucial thing with swifts is a flight path in and out. Um, the young at six weeks literally drop out of the box and fly off to Africa on their own, which still to me seems unbelievable how, how they know how to do that. Yeah. But, but they tend to drop a couple of meters before they fly off. So if you haven't got that drop, they'll hit the ground. And if they hit the ground, they can't take off again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even adult swifts can't, um, uh, you know, they're, they're in flight all their life. Um, and there's a good reason for it because they basically haven't got any legs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they need good, good, good yeah. clearance to, to drop out the box yeah. as youngsters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Very good. Excellent. Right. Um, okay. Well, I, I think that's, that's it. Um, well, just, just one thing. Yeah. Just in case if anybody does buy boxes off us through hearing about this here, if they mention it to me, I'll give 10% towards to Raptor Aid. So. <laughs> Thank you very much. You don't need to do, you do enough for, yeah. you do enough for Raptor Aid already, but yeah, that, no, I appreciate that. Last time. Well. Right. Brilliant. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, yeah, we will get a few people who watch this. I'll I'll make sure I put the website for uh, peak boxes up on on this after yeah. we've after we've finished. Um, well, yeah. But also, also, if, if if people are buying the Raptor boxes, they can buy Raptor aid ones, um, which means you you instantly get money out of it. So, oh, well, yeah, that's yeah. Which, whichever. I don't mind. You know me. I don't mind sharing it with, with Pete. Pete, this was all about Pete boxes tonight. But uh, but yeah. But all, equally, if anyone wants any more information, I'll put Lester's. You don't mind me sharing your email, do you, Lester? Oh, I'll put your email up, and I'll put my email up because we're both pretty likable guys, and we're more than happy to chat to people if oh, they yeah. want yeah. if they want advice yeah. on nest boxes or they've got ideas, especially yeah. if you're a school teacher. And you want to develop something once this crazy, crazy virus has has disappeared? Then we, but either of us, we, we, are, we are setting up a, a, a pack, aren't we, mm. uh, for school, uh, which will be interesting when we get that sorted. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. We'll let everyone go and have their tea. All right, everyone. Um, I'm trying to think. I think this coming week, and potentially, I've got. Dr. Gareth Tate from the Endangered Wildlife Trust uh, come in. He runs the Bird of Prey program for them. So hopefully I've got him on at some point this week. And I've got a couple of other people who haven't confirmed. So I'll I'll announce that when it's uh, when it's all all set up. All right, everyone, enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. Cheers, Lester. Thank you very Thank much. You.